So what did you do this week? Um, I didn't really do much except for schoolwork and went to dance and started Teen Wolf Season 4. I'm trying to catch up before it comes out the 26th, and I don't know if I'm going to make it, but I'm going to try my best. I watched a lot of Season 4. I'm almost done with Season 4. Um, so, yeah. I just can't wait for you to get to, like, Liam, because I love Liam. Mm-hmm. I'm, uh, I watched the first episode, and it was with young Derek, and so I was like, oh, things are getting interesting. Yeah, that's a really good time. Um, I've been sick this week, so that's been lots and lots of fun. So, if y'all have paid attention in past episodes, you know, we've mentioned that we record two weeks ahead of time. Surprise, we're recording this the Sunday before it goes up. So we are no longer two weeks ahead of time. We ended up missing our regular recording date because I was sick. So now we're right on time. Um, And we tried to record the next day after our regular recording date. And we had tons of technical issues because we were trying to record separately. And my audio kept going weird. And... I was sounding like R2-D2, so that didn't work. And so now we're trying it again. Third time's the charm. Yeah. So we would have normally recorded this, not this past Friday, but the Friday before that. Yeah. And so we couldn't do that because I was really sick. And so then this Friday we tried, and that was the audio issues. So this is the second coming of this episode. So coming. we're speaking it all again. Um, but yeah, I've been, I don't know what's wrong with me. I think I've had bronchitis. The coughing has gone way down. Yeah. So Hallie's here in person. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's been crazy and I've not enjoyed it. Oh, fun times, fun times, fun times. So, welcome to this week's episode of Family Fiction with Hallie and Carmen. Um, so, this week's episode is new favorite authors. Um, so, this is kind of authors that we've been loving lately, books that we've read lately that we're like, okay, I'm going to need to check out more of this author's work. Oh, yeah. Um, so... We're just going to kind of be discussing that today, Um, but we want to start off with our currently reading, like always. Hallie, would you like to go first? Of course. So my currently reading is Small Favors by Erin A. Craig. I haven't gotten Mm -hmm. far into it. I've only read like two chapters, but I think it's interesting so far. Nothing really has happened yet that I would consider, oh my gosh, that's freaky that's weird but there is they have talked about stuff they're like okay that sounds a little bit bizarre but overall nothing has happened and I kind of I kind of like that it's like a village of sorts it almost sounds like a fairy tale yeah it really reminded me of the devouring gray by yes. Christine Lynn Herman because they're all living in this town and it's surrounded by woods and you don't want to go into the woods because it's inhabited by this monster mm-hmm. and that's kind of what Small favors gave me. It kind of takes a minute. It like really builds up the world and like the story. Yeah. But like once it hits, it's more like it's not as creepy as House of Salt and Sorrows. 
but it's more like eerie You've told as me that far before. as like you're just waiting for the next like for the next shoe to drop yeah and yeah i'm only two chapters in but that's what i kind of expect for it to start off slow introducing you yeah. to this world these characters and i liked that in the beginning of the book there's like a page that has like all the important family families that are in the village i think that's really cool that also really helps with the world building and help you understand when these certain characters pop up who they are and how are they important yeah it's really i like the setup too because they have like the town elders decide everything so it's really kind of interesting Mm -hmm. um I think, like, with Houses on Sorrows, it was very, like, every page was something happening. Yeah. And Small Favors just, like, one big buildup. Yeah. And so it's just, like, you're waiting for the next thing to drop. And it's 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 And that's normally, the, that's normally the thing with standalones. They take their, <laughs> they take their time um, building stuff up. And so, yeah, I'm really excited to see how this is going to go. Which I don't know. I assume it's a standalone. I thought Houses on Sorrows was a standalone. Yeah. Small favors kind of had an ending to me, but I could see where they could option it for a second one. But I also kind of like how it ended, so I don't know if I'd like a second one. You wouldn't want her to drag it out? I don't think so. I could see where the direction they could go with a second one. Yeah. But, yeah. So, what is your currently reading? Well, when we previously tried to record this episode, I had just finished um, an arc read, which was The Severed Thread by Leslie Vetter. Um, and I was about to start Madly Deeply by Alan Rickman, but I ended up finishing that. So my current read now is It's Not Summer Without You by Jenny Hahn, which is the second book in the The Summer I Turned Pretty series. Mm -hmm. So I'm very excited to continue that. I thought I was going to be pretty behind on this week's or this month's TBR, but I think I'm actually like pushing through pretty hard and it should only force me to push one book over to my February TBR. Um, I wish that was the case for me. (laughs) Well, I started off like, so this says nothing about the book itself. I was reading Beyond the One by Tom Felton. I started it on the 5th. I didn't finish it till the 20th. And that is not to say that the book was not good because it was fantastic and I loved it. But I hit such a reading slump. I really just like, I loved the book and I kept thinking like, it's really good. I should just pick it up. But I couldn't bring myself to do it. And so, like, I was watching. Most of it comes from, like, I started a rewatch of Gilmore Girls. And so, like, it's easy to just sit there and watch TV than it is to, like, pick up a book. Yeah. So, it happens. But I did finish it, and it was fan-freaking-tastic. Um, but we'll go over all that when we do our January wrap-up. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so currently right now is... It's not summer without you. Nice, nice, nice. So next we're going to do our February TBRs. Um, Like I mentioned, we're going to do our January wrap-ups. We're going to do those next week. So be sure to come back for those. Um, But February TBR. um, So mine for this month. um, For my January TBR, it looks like the only book I'm not going to be able to get to is Plate Breaker by Victoria Aveyard. So I'm pushing it over to February, um, along with Go Gently by Bonnie Wright, uh, The Opposite of Butterfly Hunting by Ivana Lynch. So I'm trying to finish up some of the non-fictions I've got that involve Harry Potter cast yeah. members. 
So Bonnie played Ginny. Ivana played Luna. Um, and then I've got A Forbidden Fate by Kaven Hearning. Um, many of you probably know Kaven from TikTok and Instagram as the very popular Cassian cosplays. Um, so her book came out and I finally got my copy um, last week. So I got the hardback copy and I'm very excited to read it. Um, I cannot wait. I'm sure it's amazing. Oh yeah, so, I heard that it's good. I'm very excited. So that's on my list. And then for my rereads for the month, um, if y'all don't know already, I am doing some a lot of rereads um, this year on my 2023 TBR. That is books that I read in high school or like books that got me into reading. Um, and so for this month's, for February's, reread um i'll be listening to the audiobooks for clockwork angel clockwork prince and clockwork princess by cassandra clare which is the infernal devices so i'm very excited um and then a couple optional reads if i get through all those and i want to read something else after um i do have persuasion by jane austen on there as well as cruel prince by holly black so i don't foresee me getting to those books i feel like what I've got will be enough. Yeah. But I've got some optionals laid out just in case. Hallie, what's your February TBR? So, like Carmen, sometimes life just happens and you have to push stuff back. However, I'm not pushing any books back. I'm probably just going to be pushing my manga that I was going to read in January, which was Hell's Paradise. Originally, it was Hell's Paradise 10 through 13, but that quickly turned into 8 through 13, because I didn't get to 8 and 9, and Snow White with the Red Hair, 16 through 20, and those are just going to have to get pushed back, which is fine, because normally it's easier for me to read manga during the school t- school time, because when I usually take like 15 minute breaks, I can usually bust through a manga volume like that. So yeah, those are going to get pushed back to February. As for books, um, I have... Two that I have lined up, and then I also have an option. So the first one is going to be Gallant by V.E. Schwab. I'm finally going to get into my V.E. Schwab books that I have on my shelf. Um, I actually got Gallant first, and I had seen a review on TikTok talking about Gallant. It didn't spoil anything, but I was just like, that sounds really interesting. And so I picked it up, and I'm really excited to read it. Um, the cover is really pretty. It just sounds really weird which is i know that's stuff that she's great at is writing weird kooky conceptual stuff so i'm really excited to read gallant the next one is an air comes to rise by chloe c pinaranda i think that's how you say her name that book is very good i will say i've read it oh you did read it yes it was a amazon prime free read on my kindle one time and i read it it was, it was pretty good yeah, it's and so I follow I followed the author on TikTok for about a couple months to a year, and so I was like, I really need to get into her books because they sound really good. And so I got the first one for Christmas, and if I like it, I'm just gonna go ahead and get the rest of the series because <laughs> that's usually what happens. It has a plot twist at the end that I like. I foresaw, like probably a hundred pages before it came out I was like okay I think this is what's gonna happen but like still when it happened I was like blown away 
So it's one of those, like you can kind of guess what's coming, but then when it happens, you're like, wow, I'm shook. But yeah, so, I'm really the drama, the tea. Really excited to read An Air Comes to Rise. And then for my option, um, we're going to go with These Violent Delights by Chloe Gong. She has blown up everywhere. She has, um, this is, I'm really excited. And since it is February, it's the month of love, apparently. Um, God. (laughs) It is a Romeo and Juliet retelling, I believe, in 1920s Shanghai. I believe. So if I get to that, I'm going to read These Violent Delights. I've heard it's good. So, I mean, if it's a Maybe good. I should have went for more romance books in February. Maybe. I will. <laughs> yeah, most of the books I went for, like, go gently in the opposite of butterfly hunting. They kind of involve some saving the planet stuff. So, you know, who mm-hmm. needs love when you can save the planet? Exactly. So, I guess we can get into today's topic of discussion. Um, So that is, you know, like we said earlier, new favorite authors. So I know we have some of the same. Mm -hmm. Because we we already went through this list (laughs) once. It didn't work out. So, but we never got to the game. So we'll get to the game this time around. But I love the games. But, um... So the first one on my list, I know Hallie has, is Jennifer Lynn Barnes. Oh, heck yes. The Inheritance Games. Um, I almost said Who Wrote the Inheritance Games by Jennifer Lynn Barnes, obviously. Um, So if you guys have not read the Inheritance Games, it is about a girl named Avery Grahams who finds out that she is the um sole inheritor of this billion dollar fortune um this man has passed and he has put her down in his will as the person to inherit all of his estate all of his money um he did give small portions to his four grandsons um but basically she's never met this man so she's no clue why the heck he's given her this money so the first book becomes really the whole trilogy becomes kind of a mystery trying to figure out why he left her the money um, and what it all meant. And he, he used to play riddles and games and puzzles with his grandsons when they were growing up. And so the house is kind of filled with like these secret tunnels and trap doors and all kinds of different riddles and stuff to solve. Um, So they kind of have to go through all these, all those riddles and puzzles to find out, why she was the person chosen to inherit his fortune. So it's really interesting. If you like mysteries, if you like riddles and puzzles and mystery games, you would really like it. I don't typically lean towards a mystery genre, Mm -hmm. but I love, I like I've noticed lately because of this author and the author that Hallie's going to mention next. Um, that has really gotten me into mysteries and thrillers and psychological thrillers, supernatural thrillers mm-hmm. a lot lately. So normally I'm, I used to be strictly like dystopian or fantasy. So it definitely does give a lot of credit to Jennifer Lynn Barnes that she did kind of flip a switch on me. Yeah. So Hallie, what's your thoughts on the inheritance games? 
where do I start? So I was actually the first one to read the inheritance games. I discovered it first. I was just, you know, browsing through Barnes and Noble and happened to see this pretty green book on the shelf. And so I was like, the inheritance games. And so I read the inside and I was like, okay, this sounds good. So I picked it up, read it in about, oh gosh, two or three, two days. I read it in two days. Um, I could have read it in a day, but I decided to split it because I was like, I need to pace myself because this is just so, so many things are happening all at once. It's, oh my gosh. And I just finished The Final Gambit not that long ago. And, oh, five out of five. It's, what's great about that trilogy is normally sometimes with trilogies, you have a really good first book. You have a, either a really good second book or a meh second book. And then sometimes the third book is just complete trash but not with this series. This series, with each book, it just got better and better. And, you know, it really rekindled my love for trilogies because there have been certain instances where I read a trilogy and it has severely disappointed me because of the ending. Yeah, I agree. Like, I I told Allie before she read The Final Gambit, like, she's going to love it because it it got even better and it just, I don't, it never lacked for me. Like, there was never a moment where I was like, mm, I wish this would have been done differently. I loved every bit of it. And the pacing was really good. It didn't really slow down to the point where you were bored, but it did have where it'd be like really high moments of intense and stress and tension. It would slow down a little bit and level things out before going right back to it. And so it's just the way that it was written. It was written really well to where I enjoyed it and flew through it. Yeah. And I just really love when a book like like with this one, you almost feel like you're involved. Yes. And like I found myself with all three books trying to solve the riddles and solve the puzzles. And in the third book, I finally solved one. And so then they were like struggling to find the answer. And I was like, I know exactly what that is. I know exactly what's going to happen. Yeah. And then they figured it out. And I was like, heck, Yes, I know there's annotations in the last book, in my copy of the last book, that has me like, this is what the answer is. And then like several pages later, me mm-hmm. saying, heck yeah. But I yeah. Um, and what's great, and I cannot wait to see more from this author because she is coming out with two more books set in the Inheritance Games universe. She's coming out with one titled The Brothers Hawthorne that's releasing this year. And she's also coming out with another one titled The Grandest Game, which I feel like is going to have something to do with how the final gambit ended. So really looking forward to The Grandest Game. And I I believe it is going to be a separate series because it's not going to be a continuation of The Inheritance Games. It's going to be a part of it, but it's going to be like a completely different series. And I forget that she has other books out. And so like I need to get her other books and read them. So should we mention mention the next author that we have both on our lists? Yes. So obviously the next author on our list is going to be Erin A. Craig, (laughs) author of House of Salt and Sorrows, My Favorite, and Small Favors. So I have to look up the summary of House of Salt and Sorrows. It's one of those books that you're like, oh my gosh, it's so good. Like, Let me just tell you all about it. Here's the thing. If someone asked me, what is the plot? How do you would you describe House of Salt and Sorrows? I would say think 12 dancing princesses but horror version. There's no like Barbie happiness in it. That's just like mm-hmm. 
straight up horror. So I have the summary right here. Um, so I'm just gonna read it out loud. So in a manor by the sea, 12 sisters are cursed. Annalie lives a sheltered life at Highmore, a manor by the sea with her sisters, their father and stepmother. Once they were 12, but loneliness fills the grand halls now that four of the girls' lives have been cut short. Each death was more tragic than the last. The plague, a plummeting fall, a drowning, a slippery plunge, and there are whispers throughout the surrounding villages that the family is cursed by the gods. Disturbed by a series of ghostly visions, Annalie becomes increasingly suspicious that the deaths were no accidents. Her sisters have been sneaking out every night to attend glittering balls, dancing until dawn in silk gowns and shimmering slippers, but Annalie isn't sure whether to try to stop them or to join their forbidden trice. Because who or what are they really dancing with? When Annalie's involvement with the mysterious stranger who has secrets of his own intensifies, it's a race to unravel the darkness that has fallen over her family before it claims her next. Good. So good. Oh my gosh. It's very creepy. Like her sister Verity sees ghosts, but when she sees these ghosts, she doesn't just see them like ghost form. They look the way they did when they died. So she's seeing ghosts with a broken neck. So it's like really creepy. I think it's freaking horrifying. I think there was one scene that I remember. Um, I actually read House of Salt and Sorrows when I was with my sister while we were house sitting <laughs> for somebody. And I was reading it at night, which was a poor decision on my part. And I think there was like one scene where like, there was like she was I don't remember had something to do with bathroom or like a bathtub or a mirror I don't know something creepy surely that happened in the book I think she almost drowned didn't she yeah something hold her under yeah but yeah it was really really good and honestly I told Carmen when I finished it I was like I kind of wish there was more because I feel like there's more to this world and there's more that of a story here and I was like. I need a sequel. I will demand for a sequel. And then finally, it's real funny though. I get a call from Carmen. She's very excited. And I'm like, what is going on? And she sends me a picture. This is how the conversation went. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Hallie answers the phone. Hello? Hallie. What's going on? What happened? I was looking on Instagram today and. Aaron A. Craig posted a Instagram post, and she is releasing House of Fruit and Ruin. What? Are you serious? What? That's literally my reaction. My parents are like, what is happening? And then I proceeded to look it up on Goodreads and read her the entire synopsis. Oh. (laughs) So I was like... I was like, I knew it. I knew she was yeah. going to come out with the sequel. I and knew it. It's like it's a major time jump. I think it's just, it's all Verity. Which yeah. I think it's going to be very interesting. Like, I'm very excited that it's Verity. It, it's mainly going to be with Verity, but I'm sure, surely, Annalie and What's-His-Face will I think they will, in. but I don't know how heavily, because I think she's in a whole other, like, country or whatever. She's not even Yeah, I'm home. not saying that she'll be in there the whole time. I'm sure she'll probably just be, like, like a cameo. Yeah. But I'm very excited because Verity has the the ghost ghosties. I feel like that's like a horrible it's a it's a cool but also a horrifying ability to have because 
I wouldn't want to like go to bed and like wake up and see like some a ghost standing at the end of my bed. I, who wants that ability? Nobody. Absolutely not. So I think it'll be very, very interesting. Um, and then as we mentioned earlier, Hallie's reading Small Favors, which I've read. Um, but House of Salt and Sorrows is what us is what got us into Aaron A. Craig. Mm-hmm. So, Hallie. Why don't you mention your next author while I run and get a ginger ale? (laughs) BRB. Okay. So the next author that I'm going to mention kind of falls along the same lines as a mystery. And that is going to be Carrie Maniscalco. And, um... She is the author of the Stalking Jack the Ripper series, but she is also the author of another series, which I believe is called Kingdom of the Wicked. Yes, it is called Kingdom of the Wicked. I personally have not read it yet, but um, I do have the first book on my shelf, so I'm going to read it. But mainly I'm going to be talking about Stalking Jack the Ripper because it was so good, so good. Oh my gosh. So, um, basically what Stalking Jack the Ripper, there's a bunch of different series. It's called the Stalking Jack, Stalking Jack the Ripper series, but they do other things. It is very much a mystery solving crime detective sort of style. So I'm just going to read the synopsis again because I suck at synopsis of my own. So, 17-year-old Audrey Rose Wadsworth was born a lord's daughter with a life of wealth and privilege stretched out before her, but between the social teas and silk dress fittings, she leads a forbidden secret life. Against her stern father's wishes and society's expectations, Audrey often slips away to her uncle's laboratory to study the gruesome practice of forensic medicine. When her work on a string of savagely killed corpses drags Audrey into the investigation of a serial murder, murderer her search for answers brings her close to her own sheltered world so very much a mystery but there's other books like there's another the sequel is called hunting prince dracula the third book is called escaping from houdini it it's just a bunch of different mystery books if you like a good mystery i would definitely recommend the stalking jack the ripper series i read the first book i think about a year ago and devoured it in two days i was normally again mystery and true crime is not my type of genre but i really love those books i'm currently going to read the third book soon so i'm really excited to continue on this journey but yeah carrie maniscalco is up in the i'd say it in my top five she's one of my favorites and um i'm gonna read her other series kingdom of the wicked soon um it's all over tiktok kingdom of the wicked Kingdom of the Wicked is. So yeah. Karen Maniscalco is one of my favorite authors. Carmen, what is your next one? Now that I have Ginger Ale in hand, um, I've heard a lot about Kingdom of the Wicked. So (laughs) not sure if you heard that, but my mother just laughed very loudly (laughs) at something. So anyways, um, So the next person on my list is Allie Hazelwood. Um, She is the author of The Love Hypothesis. Um, She's also come out with Love on the Brain. Um, She is coming out with another book that is like a collection of short stories. 
Um, but basically what she's known for is writing books that involve characters involved in STEM, which is science, technology, engineering, and math. Um, and that's what she's become really popular for because not a lot of authors do that. No. Um, they don't even touch the subject sometimes. So, um, which I believe, if I'm correct, she was involved heavily in STEM when she was in school. Yeah. So that is why um, she writes from that perspective. But um, the book that got me really into her was The Love Hypothesis. Yes. Um, so basically it's about oh. Adam and Olive. Um, Olive's best friend is heckling her to find a boyfriend and to convince her that she is in a relationship and happy so that she'll leave her alone. She kisses a random man, which happens to be Adam, who is her basically a TA for her class, and he's kind of a gill hole. Um, so they end up fake dating. Um, he agrees to fake date for reasons that she does not know why. Um, and we all know where fake dating leads, but yep. Um, I do love the trope. It's kind of fun. But it kind of turns into this like whirlwind of them having to pretend that they're together and you know, they end up growing to know each other more and more. They deal with some ups and downs of their personal life and it's just really good. I really liked it. I love the fake dating relationship. It le because it can lead to a lot of really funny and awkward situations. I don't know. There's just something about that trope where you're like, okay, that that it's good. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I had gotten the love hypothesis from Book of the Month. I had heard a lot about it, and it was an option for Book of the Month one month, so I bought it, and I read it in a day, like a solid day. So then Love on the Brain came out, and it was another Book of the Month pick. Um, so I got it. I haven't read it yet, but it's definitely on my TBR. Um, but yeah, I definitely... Really loving Allie Hazelwood right now. Um, I've only read the one book, but it was so good. And I've got her other books already in my Amazon cart. So, yeah, definitely really high up on my list right now. She's on my radar for sure. Because I think she writes it in a way that it's not too corny. It's not cheesy. I mean, like I said, with fake dating, you always know where it's going to end. But I will say she kept me on the ropes quite a bit. There was quite a few moments where I was like, not really sure if this is going to go to the direction I think. Um, so yeah, I definitely am really loving Allie Hazelwood. Um, but yeah, Hallie, do you have somebody else or no? Yes, I have another one. And this one, um, she's been on my radar for a while, ever since I read her first book. And that is going to be Claire Legrand. She is the author of the Imperium Trilogy. And I read the first book, Furyborn, about a couple years ago. And I loved it it was so good and I started reading I'm sorry I started reading King's Bane but I never I kind of hit a reading slump and stopped you have it on your shelves yeah, I'm looking at looking it right for now. it I was like where the heck is it at I read and then I have the whole trilogy and so I'm planning on reading rereading Furyborn and completing the series but yeah it is so good it's told what's cool about it is that it's it follows two main characters points of view in but they're separated by like a thousand years almost. It's really, really Outlander. Amazing. Okay, so I'm I'm gonna read you the sign offs. <laughs> I love how you just sidestepped around it. Um so um 
Eureka. So, when assassins ambush her best friend, Riel Darden risks everything to save him, exposing herself as one of a pair of prophesized queens, a queen of light and a queen of blood. To prove she is the Sun Queen, Riel must endure seven elemental magic trials. If she fails, she will be executed unless the trials kill her first. One thousand years later, the legend of Queen Riel is a fairy tale to Eliana Farakora, a bounty hunter for the Undying Empire. Eliana believes herself untouchable until her mother vanishes. To find her, Eliana joins a rebel captain and discovers that the evil at the Empire's heart is more terrible than she ever imagined. As Riel and Eliana fight in a cosmic war that spans millennia, their stories intersect and the shocking connections between them ultimately determine the fate of their world and of each other. So yeah, obviously it sounds really good. And so I picked it up, flew through it. It was really, really good. And I... They, it evened out with jumping back. Normally, I hate when we jump back and forth in time periods, but this is like a span of like a thousand years. So I was like, oh, I don't know how I'm going to feel about this. I'm probably going to get super confused. But I really didn't. It really spaced it out and evened it up to where like you understood what was going on in each period of time. So yeah, it was really, really good. And I had, and another thing that I love about the books is the covers. The covers are gorgeous especially the third one which i believe is called lightbringer um it's just so good definitely give furyborn a try and fun fact so i was in barnes and noble i believe it was about a couple weeks ago it was before i started school and i was in the ya section and someone had picked up furyborn and they were talking and they were like i wonder if this is good and me since i read it i was really tempted to like say oh yeah that book's really good but I always give suggestions. There was a girl walking by the uh, Colleen Hoover table at Barnes & Noble last time we were there. And she, like, picked up Verity and was reading the back of it. And I looked at her and said, don't even read it. Just buy it. Don't even read the back of it. Just just buy it and take it home. She was like, I've heard really good things. I said, it's worth the hype. But, yeah, they were like, I wonder if this is good. And I really wanted to say, yeah, it's really, really good. But the anxiety in me and just, like... Listen, that's how you make friends best is at the bookstore. All these fellow book talk girlies. Yeah, well, I'm going tomorrow. Me and mom have to run errands, so I'm going tomorrow. So (laughs) maybe I can make a friend. So I have one other author, but I would like to do an honorable mention right right quick because I just remembered a TikTok I saw yesterday that somebody I know had me flip up. Is it somebody I've heard of before? Somebody you've mentioned it's the one i sent you that i told you i've not looked at that this is one of the girls i'm friends with on tiktok oh that she read a book so okay she and i have it on my shelf so realm of shadows and flame by bl tally her and i have been friends on tiktok for a while and i finally am getting her books and there's a couple of the girls i'm friends with on tiktok that i like just haven't had the money, so I'm finally getting their books. Um, but she posted a reposted her most viral video, and it's a blurb from Realm of Shadows and Flame. And let me tell you, it gave me goosebumps upon goosebumps, and I was like, I need to read this immediately. So it might potentially end up getting read in between something on the February TBR. <laughs> so I'm just gonna. Oh, there's a sound. So oh, I'm just I've gonna... seen that TikTok before. I heard the music. I was like, wait, I've heard that. 
I'm just reading the words. God's above, he breathed. Her body rose in the air, encompassed entirely in blue flames. He dropped to his knees, the legion behind him following suit, bowing in respect to the newly made God before them, to the daughter of darkness, wielder of shadows and flame, heir to the realm of night. Boom. I may just have the to, blurb, like, and with the music, that. I was like, okay, she really did something here. Like, th- the part of her rising into the air, engulfed in blue flames, and him, like, everybody kneeling. Russ, it just gives me a vibe. It gives me the vibe that the ending of Kingdom of Flesh and Fire gave me. Where they all yeah. bowed to her at the end and they were like, bow down to your new queen. I was like standing up, raising my hands in the air. It just gave me that same vibes. And so big shout out to her, you know, definitely going to be reading that book soon. But my official favorite new author um, is Leslie Vetter. So I read um, The Bone Spindle. Oh, yes. Uh two or three months ago and it just sounded so interesting and so basically it's about um three characters you have fee shane and briar rose um and it's kind of a classic retelling of sleeping beauty but with Mm. major gender gender reversal so briar is a man um and he has been cursed to sleep with all of his you know his entire kingdom so, um, we have Fee and Shane who are treasure hunters. Um, they go treasure hunting one day and, um, Fee accidentally pricks her finger on the bone spindle, which then connects her to Briar and finds out that she is the girl that is fated to kiss him and wake him up. So it connects her to him in a way that, he kind of appears to her in like almost ghost form because I mean he's alive but he's obviously not really there so he like appears to her um and so you have her and Shane and Shane is very um she's the one that whenever they go treasure hunting she wants the treasure when they go um Fee wants the books or the artifacts she doesn't really care about the treasure per se um, so definitely related to Fee on another level because same. It follows their journey to get to Briar Rose and they're having to deal with different obstacles of witch hunters and um, the Scarlet Witch, which is who cursed him to begin with. Um, so yeah, it just kind of follows that story. I won't give too much away. Um, my full review is up on MuggleNet's book blog if you would like to go read it. And then I got the arc read this month for the Severed Thread and finished it. Um, a few days ago, and it was absolutely just as good as the first one. I actually think even better than the first one, and it's definitely going to be another one. So I think it's a trilogy. Um, I haven't really looked into it. It's probably out there that it's a trilogy, but I haven't really looked into it. Um, but it was better than the first one. So really loving like this story. Um, and I'm not sure if she has other books out, but I'm more than willing to look and find out because it's just been so good 
and I would definitely read other books by her. So yeah, yes, that's my other author is Leslie Vetter. Um, so I have one more, and I've actually read the first book in this one, and that is going to be Sabata here. She's on my radar. It sounds familiar. And Ember in the Ashes. Okay. Yeah. So, um, I had bought An Ember in the Ashes a while ago and didn't read it up until about, uh, 2021, sort of. Um, I still remember what happens. But I loved it. I flew through it. And it's, ba- it's very much based in, like, the desert. And, um... Oh gosh, I can't even remember. See, it's been so long. I can't even remember what the synopsis was. <laughs> this is what happens. See, that's like there was a meme once that was um gosh, I really love this book. It's so amazing. It has great characters. The plot's so good and it's so crazy and I I just couldn't put it down and then like the other person says, "Oh, that's really cool. What's it about?" And then they're like, "I have no idea." <laughs> so So, okay, I found it. So, it says, I don't know how you say this girl's name, but I'm going to guess. Leia is a slave. It's like L-A-I-A. It's probably Leia. Leia is a slave. Elias is a soldier. Neither is free. Under the martial empire, defiance is met with death. Those who do not vow their blood and bodies to the emperor risk the execution of their loved ones and the destruction of all they hold dear. It is in this brutal world, inspired by ancient Rome... That Leia lives with her grandparents and older brother. The family ekes out an existence in the Empire's impoverished backstreets. They do not challenge the Empire. They've seen what happens to those who do. But when Leia's brother is arrested for treason, Leia is forced to make a decision. In exchange for help from rebels who promise to rescue her brother, she will risk her life to spy for them from within the Empire's greatest military academy. There, Leia meets Elias, the school's finest soldier, and secretly, it's most unwilling. Elias wants only to be free of the tyranny he's been trained to enforce. He and Leia will soon realize that their destinies are intertwined, and that their choices will change the fate of the Empire itself. So yeah, it was a very good series. There's like four books in the series. I have all of them. And so, they're gonna get read this year. Like, oh, what happened? <laughs> what happened? <laughs> I have a hole in my mouth. I really, really liked An Ember in the Ashes. It was kind of fast-paced, but also kind of slow-paced with all the, like, spying stuff. But um, there's one character in the book. um, She's like, I don't, I guess she's like the headmaster, I guess. But she is a hateful witch. I remember reading the book and wanting to chuck the book across the room because of the things she would do. She was a hateful bitty. I ugh, just thinking about her makes me angry. What's her name? Dolores Umbridge. Sadly, no. She acted like her sometimes. Oh, but I was like, get out of this book. I I've never wanted a character to die more in my entire life. Ugh. She's awful. I can't remember if she died or not. I don't think she did. But yeah. I just liked it was very much based in it based off the Roman em- Rome Empire. Um, kind of almost gives me like dark Mulan vibes. Very desert based. It's 
like I think there's even like gin in them. They're like supernatural creatures. Gin. Yeah, they're I believe they're in there. They like roam around in the desert. I don't know. They're also in The Witcher. Um, I don't know if she has any other books out besides those, but she does. I didn't know there were so many of them. Yeah, I, I, only thought thought was a there, I only thought there was three. And then I think it was like a couple years ago she came out with the fourth one, and I was like, oh. Okay. So now we're going to play our game. So we are playing Most Likely, and it's kind of like not really your book superlatives because we're not doing like Most Likely to Succeed. But it's different kind of book tropes. Um, and so we're going to be doing, like, which of us would be most likely to do that thing. And probably, like, the scenario behind it. Um, and if we're feeling frisky, we'll also throw in a character we think would be doing that. And I don't think we should do, like, obvious characters. Like, one of mine, there's a very obvious answer to that. Yeah. But an offsides character that is not obvious. Okay. So, so, would you like to go first, or would you like me to go first? Uh, I want to go first. Okay. So, I actually wrote these at work, because I had, we had a bit of a break, and so I was just writing stuff. So, this one's kind of long, and I feel like I know what your answer is going to be for this. So, who, between the two of us, who is most likely to be in a love triangle with a hero and enemy, mm-hmm. and choose the enemy? Me. <laughs> Can you think of an example? Uh, well, who is your hero? Who is your villain? Let me think about it. Not really. <laughs> um, definitely the Darkling. <laughs> um, I don't know for hero. So anybody? Anybody for my hero? Yes. Oh, oh we know who my villain is. Um. I'm trying to think of somebody who's hunky. Hunky Dory. Well, let's just go with that obvious one, recent. But I would still go with the Darkling. Because, <laughs> oh my gosh, I, this brings up a perfect topic. Last night, we were watching TV. And guess who's in the new T-Mobile commercial? Who? Men Barnes. <laughs> and we are Verizon in this house. But I looked at mom, mom and I were like going and gone over my said, hmm. Suddenly I want to change phone providers. <laughs> and she was laughing. She goes, Maybe we should go to the T Mobile store tomorrow. <laughs> and so we were laughing. But yeah. There you go. My hero and villain. I'm definitely going with the yeah. link. I think for me, it depends on the situation. If it's one of those scenarios where, like, yeah, he's the bad guy, but he has good reasons to be the bad guy. Guys, I'm a bad guy. Yeah. If he has good reasons for being a bad guy, <laughs> then yeah, I'll choose him. But if he's just a straight-up villain. If it was between Reason and the Darkling, which one would you choose? Oh, no. <laughs> um, I see you picking Reason. Yeah. I just have... Move, move aside, Farah. He's mine. My love for the Darkling. I think stems in the books before I even knew Ben Barnes was cast. I still had like a draw to the Darkling. I was like, you know, I don't hate it. Like yeah. maybe he's got something going on. But also, my love of Ben Barnes runs deep <laughs> because I had a severe crush 
on Prince Caspian. I think everybody so did. Dear. So it runs deep. Yeah. I can't help it. I think for me, when it comes to reason, I know he would treat me right, <laughs> at well, least. But see, my whole thing with the Darkling was like, Alina, he wants to make you his queen. <laughs> like, I don't know. And then there was another he choice. He says things in yes. the books that you're just like, okay, you're not, you don't have a character say these things if you don't want the reader to lean a little bit on his side. <laughs> like, Lee Bardugo knew what she was doing. She knew the choices she was making. Oh, yeah. Okay, so yes. Do we agree that the answer is me? Yes. <laughs> I I wrote that scenario in mind, knowing you were going to be the one to say, it's going to be me. So It's going to be me. You set that one up. <laughs> that one was for Katie. You're welcome. I know the answer, realistically. Most likely to solve a murder. Yeah, me. Definitely you. I would like to say I'm there to help, but <laughs> listen, with the amount of true crime videos I watch, well, no, I could just see like being you. Like if there was a murder out there, like I, I would love to say it would be me. I would love to say that I've watched enough. Like I will always say that Pretty Little Liars has caused me to have trust issues in every single show that I've watched after Pretty Little Liars. And so like, I would like to say that I could guess at things and like, but I just feel like you have more knowledge of that stuff than I do. Mm -hmm. Let's put it this way. We've always said that you're Sam and I'm Dean. Sam's yeah. the one solving it in the end. I am the Sam to your Dean. Dean's and I am the, the muscle. And I am the Styles to your Scott. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's, a, that's mm -hmm. a better comparison. I'm the that Styles is 100% true. I am Scott and you are Styles. Because you're the one that's solving it. I'm just the muscle that's there. I'm the one who eats the wasabi thinking it's guacamole. <laughs> I'm the one that's getting possessed by a... I'm the hot girl. Yes, you are. <laughs> oh, gosh. I, love I am the one that gets possessed by a demon fox. Oh, gosh. <laughs> What's your next one? Okay. Oh, gosh. My phone turned off. <laughs> so, all right. This one, I could see how it would go with both of us. This one's very specific because it is a certain, it's a certain trope pattern that we've noticed in books and movies that you and me strongly dislike. Who is most likely to get chased by giant spiders? Me, because that would be my <laughs> friggin' luck. I am Ron Weasley. <laughs> so, yeah, I think it would be me because I think it would be purely my luck. And then I would call you and say, come freaking help. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Most likely to start a revolution. Ooh. I think if we're going based off of what you said earlier, like at the bookstore, I'm the one that if they're looking at the book and like, should I read this or not? I'm going to step in and be like, I think you should read this. Like my anxiety doesn't go that far. See where, like, you didn't want to talk to that girl. So I think if we're going based off, like, social situations. Yeah, it's going to be you. And I'm a May. 
I would probably be the per. You'd probably be like at the social front. I would probably be like behind you, being like the mastermind. It's me giving the speech, and with like every other, like every other sentence, you just hear you in the background. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Although, hold on, let's be real. I think I know who would probably start a revolution <laughs> solely just out of anger, Carly. <laughs> I was almost. I almost said that. I was like, I. The thought went through my Carly head of out. actually it would be neither of us. It would be Carly. For those who don't know, um, Carly is my older sister. She's a redhead, so and she's very angry sometimes. She's a natural redhead. If you're watching the clip on Instagram, I'm not naturally redhead. Yeah, she's a natural redhead. She, yeah. So she she's got a temper. So I could see her definitely. She starting. doesn't have any filter either. No, she doesn't have filters, so she'd be perfect to start uh, a revolution. Actually, it would be me and you being like, okay, so this is what needs to happen. This is how the revelation needs to go. And then it would be like, and Carly, this is what you're going to say when you get up there. <laughs> there we go. We figured it out. What's your next one? Your last one. Okay. Um, okay. Um, so I actually put most likely to solve a murder, but we already did that one. So. Um, most likely to become a villain. Carly, no. <laughs> um, out of the two of us, or no? Should we say me since we already said like I'm picking the villain? Or I'm te- here. So yeah. technically, that I'll give you one. another one. Okay, so we said who who's most likely to solve a murder? Okay, mm-hmm. who's most likely to? Commit a murder. Me. <laughs> there are people on the daily that I'm like you on the edge. You commit the murder and I solve it. No. Once again, my my answer is Carly. Can we help her cover it up? <laughs> and I would still solve it. Probably. Honestly. It would be no, it would be Carly committing the murder, me helping her cover it up because I'm the Barbara Jean to her Reba. And it would be you trying to solve it. My last one is most likely to slay a monster. <laughs> I think it's going to be you. Yeah. Considering <laughs> considering how much anime I watch and how much like, fantasy I That's read. That's what I was thinking. I was like, you would be the one to like show up with a sword and be like, where did you even get that? <laughs> I'd be going full Levi Ackerman on that monster that's an attack on titan reference if you are an anime watcher so yeah it would be me being attacked by the monster and you just show up and it's like i, I come in with a sword or i come in with a bow and arrow it's just probably a sword put a bow and arrow on my hand and then i'm slaying that monster yeah. that would if i was a fictional character that would be my weapon of choice for me it would either be a sword because it'd probably be a sword. Because clearly, if you follow Carmen on TikTok, she has a video of me at a nut at one of my, at my Saturday Nutcracker performance being the Mouse Queen. It was supposed to be Mouse King, but I was asked. Basically, long story short, they asked me to be the Mouse King because they couldn't find anybody else, and so and they really wanted a strong dancer, so they asked me, and so we changed it to Mouse Queen. You've seen that TikTok with the cap cut trend. With me flipping that sword, I was like, yeah, that's my weapon of choice. <laughs> yeah, mine will definitely be. Once again, because of Katniss Everdeen, she will forever go down in history as my favorite fictional character. So 
if I was a fictional character, I would do everything the same way she did. Okay. It's hard to get, it's hard to come up with scenarios because you're like, okay, you surely there are scenarios that you can think of, but gotta, it's, it's coming up with realistic ones that yeah, we can answer. Like the committing murder. That's realistic. Between the two of us, we can't realistically solve that, but like add in some other people, Carly. And yeah. Oh, yeah. Be great. <laughs> No, not, not me great committing a murder, murder but me. it's just great. Just have all three of us. Yeah. So anyways, um, so yeah, guys, that was today's episode. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed it. It's a little longer than usual, but that's okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> if you would like to follow us on our socials, we are at Family Fiction Podcast on TikTok and Instagram. And then I will be linking our personal socials in the description below. Um, I have a book talk and a bookstagram. Hallie has a book talk where she discusses anime things in her fan fiction. Um, so yeah, if you'd like to check those out, be sure to look at the links below and give us a follow. Um, be sure to, you know, rate us five stars and subscribe and all that jazz. And, you know, give us a comment on our Instagram or TikTok. Um, if you have any favorite authors that you've been loving lately, or if you have anything to add to what we've discussed. Um, or even better, if you know the authors we're talking about and you have other author recommendations based off the authors that we like, that would be awesome as well. Yeah, let um, us know. So yeah, just let us know all that, Jess. Um, but yeah, so like we said earlier, next week we're going to be doing our January wrap-up. So that will be the full episode. So we're going to be giving you our rating of each book we read in January along with the full synopsis, our official review, and any trigger warnings and anything like that. Yeah. So keep an eye out for that for next week. Um, and we hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode. So thanks for listening. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye-bye.